Good morning. Thank you. Like Sefi says, we're starting a new series today called Lift a Standard. And, you know, standards are things we identify with. There's a certain standard in life and we'll identify with it. So bear with me. Who shops in Aldi? Yeah, that's the standard that you identify with. Who shops in Tesco? Not so many. Who shops in Sainsbury's? Oh, you can put your hand up more than once. <laughs> Who shops in Marks and Spencers? <laughs> there are different standards that we use at different times of year that we identify with. It's the same with shoes. Who buys the shoes from Primark? Yeah. Who buys the shoes from Clark's? Very comfortable shoes in Clark's. I must say, no one wants to own to it. Who goes to shoe? Or however you say it, we debate it. But those are the, you identify with that. That is the standard of shoe that you identify with. That is the standard of food that you identify with. And sometimes it depends on the time of year for what standard of thing that you identify with. It depends on how much money you've got in your pocket, to which shop you go and what you identify with. But the standards that we identify with reflect things that are going on in our lives. Do they not? They reflect our bank balance. They reflect maybe who we're with. They reflect maybe, as Steffi says, the time of year where you go and buy your food from. I just want to look at two things as we get going this morning. And there are two definitions of the word standard. The first one is this, and it should be on the screen behind. That standard means the level or the quality of something. It's something that we measure by. The level or the quality of something is the standard that we have. The other definition of standard is very different. And during wartime, people would identify with a standard. And very often, we would look at that maybe as a flag or a banner. If you look at traditionally on battlefields where they would turn up and they would have the flag of, of either their area or of their country, and that was the standard, that was what they would identify with, that was who they belonged to. Before the flag or the, or the battle standard was actually invented, they used to wear a colour on their arm or they would wear a vest, and that was who they were fighting with. It wasn't always a flag or a banner. Earlier on before that, they would wear a certain colour and that would be, this is who I'm with, this is who I'm fighting with, and so the enemy can see that I am not on their side. Or those who are fighting with me can see I am on their side, please don't fight with me. There are two very different definitions of standard, one being the level or quality of something, but another being what you identify with, who you belong to. And I want to look at both of those definitions this morning as I talk about lifting a standard. And you know, when we say, when we talk about lifting a standard, we can look at it as in, you know, I want to get better at something. I want to raise the level or the quality of things that I do. I want to make sure that actually, who do I identify with? Which camp am I actually in? 
Which flag am I actually standing under? Am I standing under God's flag and who he is? Or am I standing under the world's flag? Or am I standing under my friend's flag? Where do you identify yourself with? If we want to lift a standard, then we need to know where we're at, surely. It's got to be the first question. So what level are you at? What quality are you producing in your life? Who do you belong to? And, you know, sometimes we measure our identity through fear. Sometimes we do it through faith. Sometimes we measure it through complacency because I just can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to lift a standard today with what I'm going to do. I can't be bothered with what I'm identifying with. So I'll just do whatever today. I know the Bible says do this, but you know what? I just feel complacent. Are we complacent or are we passionate? And who or what do we measure ourselves against? You know, the world says that it's all about you. It's all about me. That's what the world says. But God says that it's all about who God is. And it's all about what Jesus did. And if we measure ourselves against that standard, it causes a very different thing to happen in our lives. You know, for so many of us, the idea of raising a standard, getting better at things, doing things in a new way, progressing and and growing within ourselves, it just floods everything that we do. You can buy that many self-help books, it is unreal. You need a self-help book to help you discover which self-help book is the right self-help book for you. There are that many. There are TED Talks about everything. There are podcasts about everything, about how you can improve, how you can be better at your job, how you can be better in your relationships, how you can be better at this, that and everything else. And we can be flooded and overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that is out there about how we live the level of who we are, how we decide who we are and what we identify with. And I don't know about you, but it can just feel a little bit overwhelming. It can just feel a little bit too much. And the world says to us that it's all about us getting better and growing and improving. It's all about those material things that we can grab hold of that say, I've got better. My house is bigger. My car is bigger. My job is better. My clothes are nicer. And the world tells us these things and we measure ourselves and our ability off of these things. If I'm richer next year, I will have done well. If I've got a better house next year, year I will have done well if I have more friends next year I will have done well if I'm in a relationship next year then I've done well if I've got a baby next year then I've done well that's what the world says Jim Carrey says this I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of So they can see that it's not the answer. Jim Carrey is crazy, but that is some crazy sense. 
that he is speaking right there. Because it goes against everything the world tells us, everything that we think is right, everything that we're taught in schools. Go and get a good education. Go and get a good, a good job. Go and get married. Go and do these things and you will be happy and everything will be all right. And the world keeps drumming it down and drumming it down and convincing us that we can't be happy and we can't be fulfilled unless we raise the standard in our life to what the world says is a good standard. Unless we identify with what the world says is good to identify with. So what's the answer? The answer is a different standard. And Jesus brings that different standard. Matthew 7, 13 to 14 in the NIV says this. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Reuben, can you put my lovely picture up? Narrow is the road. Can you see it in the middle? It does get a bit wider at the end. It's not meant to. It's meant to be the same. I didn't have a ruler. But narrow is the road that leads to life. The world will tell you that life is in all of these wonderful material possessions and what you can get and relationships that you have and all of these things. And it is a wide path and you can see it. It is wide. It is varied. It is vast. There is so much that the world tells you that will lead to life. But the Bible tells us that that road leads to destruction. And it's easy to enter. And many enter that way. But Jesus says to us, go through the small gate. When you go through the small gate, that means you need to be small. Small people. It's all you big people. You need to get smaller. (laughs) It's not about a physical thing, but it's about getting rid of those things that puff you up. It's about getting rid of those things that give you a big head. It's about getting rid of those things that you carry that you think, I need this, I need this house, I need this job, I need this relationship. It's all got to go because narrow is the gate unless we choose to let go of the things that the world tells us raises to a standard that is excellent unless we choose the different standard that Jesus teaches about then we will always wonder why we never find life and we never find fulfillment and we never find contentment this morning if you're sitting here thinking I don't feel fulfilled I don't feel content then this morning this is going to answer every question you've got Because Jesus is the answer. Let me read the same passage of the Bible to you from Matthew, from a different version, the message version. And it says this. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life. 
that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. It isn't an easy path. It's narrow. You've got to balance yourself. You've got to be careful that you don't fall off it. But it leads to life and it leads to God. You've got to have your attention on it. You've got to work hard to stay on it because the world will constantly say to you, this will be enough. This will satisfy you. This will be all right. And yet Jesus says, no, come with me. Come with me and learn a different standard and a different way. You know, it's not all about getting better, but it's about getting more of God in our lives. When we walk his way, then God will flood us with everything that we need to help us and to encourage us. But we have to ask ourselves, what am I listening to? What am I listening to that's telling me where I should go and how I should live? What am I listening to that is telling me how I get better? What are you listening to? Because it's said there that the way to God is vigorous and requires total attention. Do you ever have those times when you need your total attention? I I was like, I'm reversing the car, the kids are in the back, the music's blaring, and I'm like, turn the music off, girls be quiet, I I need to actually hear to see where I'm going. Is that just me? What is that about? But it needs my total attention. That means, yes, I'm looking and making sure I don't knock the cards that are either side of me, but I just need everything else to be taken away. Everything else that is calling me and shouting at me and making a noise in my life needs to be stripped away so I can concentrate on that one thing that is going to lead me to a different standard, that's going to lead me to God. So ask yourself, what is flooding you? What is flooding you? What's flooding your mind, your emotions? What's flooding your thinking? What's flooding everything that you do, your practicalities? I'm going to read to you a verse from Isaiah 59, verse 19, and it says this. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising sun. Listen for it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, there's some contention when you look at the Bible and people say, in the original Hebrew, there are no commas. So let's look at it. So the second half could say this. When the enemy comes in, Like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And people argue and contend about it. And like, I'm like, does it matter? It doesn't matter. Whatever happens, whether God comes like a flood or whether the enemy comes like a flood, the Lord is lifting a standard against it. So I aren't interested where the comma goes. And if you want to argue about it, why? Why? Because the point of the matter is that no matter where the flood comes, 
comes from, God raises a standard. God raises something else. So when your world is falling apart, when your world is flooding you and overtaking you, God raises a standard. You know, there are many things that can flood our lives. Our emotions, financially, we can feel flooded. Relationally, our health can flood us. Our mental health, our past, all of these things can flood us. And yet God can come and flood us just as equally with his grace and with his peace and with his forgiveness and with his healing. So there are times when both things flood us. There are times when the enemy comes and floods our lives and we feel like we're drowning in it. But equally there are times when God can flood our lives with his grace and mercy and peace. I want to look at another verse from the Bible from Psalm 40. And this is one that Paul used when we did Vision Sunday. Psalm 40 verse 2 says this. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on the rock and gave me a firm place to stand. So when that flood comes... And when you feel overwhelmed, there is a God who will lift you. There is a God who will set you. And there is a God who will give to you everything you need. I've got a little table. Can we have the outline? There we go. So the first one, if you put the first one on movement for me. So when you feel melancholic... When you feel frustrated, when you feel low, we do, don't we? Let's be honest. We're in church, let's tell the truth. So I feel melancholic, frustrated and low. I want the focus to be on my wants and my desires. Anyone else? It's all about me. So the world standard says this. When you feel like this, this is what the world says to you. Lift yourself up. Elevate yourself. Promote yourself. Make it happen. The world says self-preservation all the way. Do everything you can to make yourself feel better. Force it, force it, force it. God says this. God says he will lift me. God says he will lift me out of the mess, whether it's emotional or practical. God says he will promote me, so have patience, be at peace, and wait for him to do it. God says he will elevate you, so stop forcing it, stop pushing it, stop trying and allow him in to do it. God says he will open the doors. So when you're banging and pushing and forcing and saying, let me in, I want this, God says, just chill out. I will do it. I will do it. Let's look at the next one. I feel fearful, anxious, anxious, and desperate. Anyone else? Good. I want to feel safe and secure in my own right. Fair enough, really, yeah? So the world, when we feel like this, tells us this. Set yourself up. There's never enough. There is never enough. Get more. Make it happen. Oh, that's the one above, sorry. 
Life takes hold on to things tightly. So when you feel fearful, when you feel anxious, when you feel desperate, the world says, hold on to everything as tight as you can. The world says there's never enough, so get more, get more, get more, just in case, just in case, because you never know, you never know what's going to happen, you never know. I'm going to fill all my cupboard with toilet rolls, and I'm going to fill all my cupboards with pasta. And the whole world can starve and use leaves for the other things. There is never enough, get more, get more. Get more. God says this, leave the toilet rolls in the shop for people who need some. Because somebody has got nothing to use. No, he doesn't. God says this, God says he'll set you on solid ground. God says he is your all in all. God says he is more than enough. Some of you have heard this story before, and I apologise, but I haven't got another one. <laughs> before I met Paul, I was engaged, and it fell apart, and I was in a mess after. And I remember going to, like, a little conference that the church put on, and listening to the speaker and sitting at the end and crying as you do when your life's falling apart. And... Um, I sat there, I cried, and I cried, and it got to the point that I was sitting on my chair crying, and I even put my feet up on the chair and rocked myself. It was really bad. And I was thinking in my head, why are none of these people coming and looking after me? Oh, look, it's all about me. Why are none of these people coming and loving me and supporting me and helping me? And God, you know, God didn't whisper to me, God shouted. And he said, I will be enough for you. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I get it. And afterwards, a few people came to me and they said, you know, I really wanted to come and comfort you, but God told me not to. <laughs> God is enough. It may not feel like it at times. Your world may feel like it's falling apart. Things may feel like they're too much. But can I tell you, God is enough. Right, last one. I feel unsatisfied, unfulfilled, disappointed. I want it all. I want it all. I can't wait to eat all. Those chocolates over the course of the week, I'm going to eat them all now. Anyone else? I want it all. Who's got no self-control where chocolate is concerned? Sweets are just as bad. You buy, you think, I'll, buy, I'll buy a pound mix from the cafe and I'll save some. with the sweets they're not doing me any good I don't mean that though don't because I want them all okay so what does the world say when we feel like this the world says give yourself everything eat it all get it all do it all 
Material possessions and physical comfort are of highest importance. So if you feel like you want it, if you feel like you'd like to have a go at doing something, if you feel like, well, the Bible says this, but you know what? I feel a different way tonight. I won't say any more. There's underage in church. The world says, the world says, help yourself. Do what you want. Make yourself feel good. But what does the Bible say? So when you feel unsatisfied and unfulfilled and disappointed, God says this, I will give you a firm place to stand. That he is our all in all. So when we're yearning and we're after things and we're desperate for things, remind ourselves that he is enough, that he is our all in all. He is more than enough. I've just done that wrong, I'm sure I just realised. Oh, well, it's up there. Read it yourself. <laughs> you know, the world says it's all about what we do. God says it's all about who he is and what Jesus has done. I know I've said it already, but I can't say it enough times to you. The world says it's all about what we do and what we want. God says it's all about who he is and what Jesus did. You know, Paul spoke the other week and he talked about this. And he talked about the fact that we're chosen, that we're exceedingly valuable, that we're forever loved, that we're completely forgiven and that we're fully capable If we can grasp who we are in him, if we can understand our identity, then the quality and the level by which we live our lives and what we do when things come in like a flood will completely transform our response and our reaction to it. Instead of this taking hold of us out of panic and insecurity and fear, God will teach us a different way. And you may think, well, that's really good. Thanks, that's nearly, I'm going to take a photo of that. That's really helpful. But how do I do that? Come on, let's be serious. We talk about God. We talk about the Bible. We read about it. And we think, that's really nice. I wish I could do that. How do I do it? How do I actually do that in my life? How do I actually grow and become into this person that you're talking about? How do I do it? And we think that it's, it's so complicated. We want to know the answer. It's dead easy. The answer is Jesus. Yeah. And I've got three answers for you that I need to do really quickly. So the question is this. How do I lift a standard? How do I lift a, How do I do it? The answer is Jesus. Jesus lifted the standard when he died on the cross. He set a new standard. The level and the quality that he brought was measured by love and grace and forgiveness. And if we learn to identify ourselves with his love, then it will change our reaction and our response. If we learn that the quality we can be measured by is his grace and his forgiveness, then when we get it wrong, and let's be honest, we do, when the world comes in and knocks us off our feet, when we think, oh, I wish I'd not done that, then we're measured by the standard of grace and forgiveness that he offers us and we can come back to him. So when you get knocked off that narrow path, have you got it again, Reuben? 
When you get knocked off that narrow path, get back up. Know that God says you are forgiven. My grace is more than enough and get back on that narrow path and go again. Jesus calls him to himself to stand with him, to measure ourselves against his grace and to identify with him. And it makes the world of difference because it takes us places that we wouldn't be able to get on our own. That narrow path is impossible without Jesus. We can try and we can strive and we can do everything we think we can and become so religious about how we live our lives. But the answer is Jesus. And that is how we walk that narrow path. He's the only one who can get us through. So the second one, how do I lift a standard? I lift a standard by a rally. You know, when you sit and you think, I've made a mess. I've got things wrong. I'm in trouble here. I'm afraid. I've just got no hope. Then there's something that you can do that will change where you're at. And I want to read to you from Numbers. And it's a story about Moses in the Old Testament. And he was the guy who brought the Israelites out of Egypt into the Promised Land. And on that journey between Egypt and the Promised Land, they got things a bit wrong. And we join the account where the Israelites had sinned and snakes, snakes had all come amongst the camp and were biting people and they were dying. In, in Numbers 21, 7 to 9, it says this. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. As you do. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived just like that. Just like that. Make a bronze snake, stick it on a pole. If you get bitten by a snake, look at the bronze snake. You don't die. Just that easy. You know, rallying is a battle word. And we talked at the beginning about standard having to do with in battle and in war and there would be times during war especially in in the olden days when they would rally to the standard they would rally together they'd been fighting they'd been battling maybe they'd lost some numbers maybe things had got difficult for them and they would shout rally and they would run and they would all rally at the standard at the flag and you're thinking what's this got to do with anything if you want to lift a standard in your life when you've made a mess, when you've got things wrong, when you're in trouble, when you're afraid, when you've got no hope, what do you do? When the enemy's got a hold on you, you've got to rally to Jesus. The most obvious thing at times is to run and hide. Our youngest daughter, when she was very young, if she did something wrong or something that she thought she'd done wrong, she would run and hide under the dining room table. I'm like, what are you doing? Because she was afraid. I don't think there's any safeguarding issues here, Ria. I think we're all right. 
But she was afraid. She was like, what are they going to do? Why are they going to shout at me? I've done something wrong. I'm in trouble. How often do we run away from church and run away from Christians and run away from God when we get things wrong? But if you want to lift a standard again in your life, you've got to rally back to Jesus. You've got to come back to him. You've got to find him again. You know, when the world comes in like a flood, rally to Jesus. When busyness comes in like a flood, rally to Jesus. When unforgiveness and hatred come into your life like a flood, rally to Jesus. We rally because we don't want to live subject to it anymore. Before we live lived in the house that we live in now. We lived in a terraced house in Hanley. And we, it was a lovely house. We were really happy there, apart from one thing. Next door, loved this. Go on, Reuben. You know, that was really mild because actually it was flipping loud and it was all the time and it was when I was trying to get my baby to sleep and it was when it was my day off and it just kept going place again. to Jesus so we moved house because we didn't want to live subject to madness anymore and how many of us are subject to the madness of this world to the madness of the things that we think are going to lift us to the madness of the things that say you'll be all right if you do this but instead of subjecting ourselves to it move move Rally back to Jesus. Stop staying where you are and thinking, I'm being a light in this place. It'll be all right. No! Move and rally back to Jesus. Come back to him. Let his standards go above you. Let his standard of grace and mercy and forgiveness and peace help you and heal you so you can go again. Come back to God. Connect back to the church. Find out what the Bible says about what you've been doing. Let people help you and support you. Move. When you want to lift a standard, move. Move back to Jesus. When you wonder why it's all going wrong, move back to Jesus. And the last one is this. Well, how do I lift a standard? Battle. There are times when we need to move and we need to come back to Jesus. We need to come back to that rallying point. When the world comes in, when things overtake us, we need to rally back to Jesus. But there are also times when rallying back to Jesus isn't the answer. 
And this is where wisdom comes in. And this is why having people in your life who can support you and explain to you what season you're in. This is where small groups are helpful. This is where having people in your life are helpful. This is why joining a team is helpful. This is why being in a church is helpful so that you know the difference between when you need to rally back to Jesus and when you need to stand your ground and battle for it. So when you feel shaken... When you feel things are being taken and stolen from you and you know by right that that is yours. When you're taking hits on every side and they just keep on coming, that's when you've got to stand and you've got to battle. I'm just going to read to you the last verse of, again, something Paul read on Vision Sunday. And he told the story of um, Moses and Joshua and the Israelites and how they fought the Amalekites. And that Moses went up on a hilltop. And while Joshua and the Israelites fought the Amalekites, then Moses lifted his staff as a standard and as, a, as an example of what God had already done for him and what he could still continue to do. And he stood there and when he struggled, people came and supported him and lifted his arms. They sat him on a rock because they knew they'd got to battle. Running away and rallying from them Amalekites that day was not the answer. But battling them and fighting them was the answer. And there are things in our lives that we need to battle for. Battle for your family. Battle for the salvation of those that you love. Battle for your healing. Battle for breakthrough. Don't move. There are times when, yes, move, but there are times, don't move, stay where you are, stand your ground, battle. And it's when you do that, that the standard is lifted in your life, that things are changed, that the world no longer has a grip on you, and you suddenly rise above it, and you rise to where Jesus is at. So how do I lift a standard? Follow Jesus. If you don't know Jesus this morning, then you can follow him. How do you lift a standard? Rally back to him when you need to. When everything comes in and floods you, rally back to Jesus and allow him to set your feet on firm ground again. Psalm 40 said, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Rally back to Jesus when you need to. But there are times when you need to battle. And I know in some of those I'm contradicting myself, but we need to understand the time that we're in and the season that we're in and respond to it accordingly. Because sometimes we do need to move, but sometimes we need to stand our ground. I'm going to invite the band to come and join me. You know, this morning, I want to encourage you to let go of the things that flood you. Those feelings those wants, remember, I feel, I want, let go of them, surrender your will and your purpose to God and let God lift you from that place to a different standard, not what the world tells us to do, but how God lifts us and changes us and shapes us and moulds us. Recognize Jesus, the victory that we have in him, the healing power that there is in him, the love, the grace, the forgiveness, the kindness. We're going to respond this morning by singing Raise a Hallelujah again. And I want to encourage you that this morning you can lift your arms and raise that standard. You can be that rally place for somebody else. 
Maybe you're doing okay, but you raise your arms and say, rally to me and I will support you. Rally to me and let me help you. This morning as we sing, you can lift your arms and say, I am not going to move off this. I'm believing for salvation in my family. I'm believing for breakthrough and victory in the lives of people around me. I'm believing for something more. So this morning as we sing, you can respond. You can respond by saying, God, just lift me from where I am. I'm consumed and overwhelmed by how I feel and what I want. Will you lift me again out of the slimy pit? Will you raise me again as I sing a hallelujah? And for the rest of us, stand in battle. Believe that you're at that rally place with Jesus and that he can make the difference for you. Let's stand, I'm gonna pray. Father God, I thank you that this morning, You've taught us that there is a different standard. Father God, I thank you that this morning, no matter what we feel and what we want, you have got something different for us with God's standard for our lives. And I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would heal us. I pray that you would set us free. I pray that those things that have a hold on us will no longer grasp us. But Father God, we would break three of them as we realise that Jesus, you are the answer. That Jesus coming to you is the answer. And that Jesus standing strong in you is the answer. So this morning, God, we choose to raise a hallelujah. We choose to lift you high in the middle of the storm, in the middle of it all. God, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you, God. Amen.